Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to the final Grumpy Old Geeks of 2020. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. It's beginning to look a lot like lockdown everywhere in the world. Except Los Angeles. <laughs> yes, nobody seems to care there, but uh, it's pretty crazy. The world's locking down. UK is basically an island unto itself once again. Uh, yeah, crazy stuff going on right now. Yeah, well. Not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. look. You got out of L.A. just in time, my man, because there's no there's no leadership here whatsoever. I want Arnold back now. No Stat. shit, uh, Governor Newsom, uh, California's governor, uh, who's just basically had his eye on the presidency and his lovely, lovely locks of hair uh, the entire time he was governor of California. I mean, I've never liked that guy. I've always thought nope. he was a complete waste of time. Uh, he, yeah, I, I just, I talked to all my friends in LA and, uh, the words shit and show are often put together. Uh, <laughs> Recall is what I hear a lot of. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's bad there, but it's bad everywhere, man. I mean, cases are rising here in, in Toronto. Uh, cases are rising everywhere in Canada. It's, it's, um, Jesus Christ. I don't know what's going on. And <laughs> yes, you, know, you do, Brian. Yes, you do. <laughs> People are fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. So there you go. <laughs> the so, malls uh, are packed. We are under lockdown. We have a stay-at-home order. <laughs> we have 20% capacity in retail shopping. The malls are packed. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's enforcing anything. So if there is a rule and nobody's there to enforce it, is it a pandemic or not? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be a mess, and it's, it's going to get worse the next couple of days. And, you know, uh, I had initially uh, – we had planned on coming back to L.A. at the end of January. We had hoped Stay to – We had Stay hoped to away. get Lucas back into his school for, for the last couple months of the year. Um, I don't think any of that's going to happen. Uh, no. We're going to get another huge, uh, huge bump after Christmas because people are not going to pay attention and – they're going to go see families and they're going to travel. I've seen the footage at the airports. Uh, it's already it's already busy. Um, and now we've got uh, another strain. I mean, ha has nobody seen 12 monkeys? I know, but the strain... <laughs> and look, all the, all the epidemiologists say the strain will be fine with the current vaccine. Sure. But they, but they, they don't want know to, that. They, they don't know that. Well... You sound like my fucking roommate. Okay, here's the deal. You don't know anything, so let's just skip it until we do. Fuck it. 70% <laughs> more transmissible. It just takes one person getting on one of the... Did you see the footage in the UK of the airports of people trying to get out in like the, the final minutes before the, the travel bans hit? Yeah, I don't care anymore. I just don't. fucking need Bruce Willis with a gun. No. No, Bruce, is, Bruce at least would stay at home and wear a mask. <laughs> All right. Anyways, after that rant is now over, <laughs> cheers for listening through the last nine months of complete and utter shit that was most of 2020, as this is our last show of the year. Uh, let's be honest, it's been pretty shit since 2016, but boy, did things ramp up. Hey, it ain't over yet, man. No, 2021 yet. ain't looking so good at the moment. Well, we got 20 more. No, actually, got, he, he, he's not gone yet. He's not. He's, he's he not ain't, gone he, yet. He ain't leaving. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. He, he is going to get wheeled the fuck out. I, my initial thought was uh, he was going to go to Mar-a-Lago, and that would be the last we'd ever see mm -hmm. of him. Nope. Uh, Mar-a-Lago has basically <laughs> said you can't come here, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, he he ain't he ain't walking out that door willingly. 
I'm, I, it's just not going to happen. Anyways, let's move on to other stuff. Uh, I oh, was come thinking on, that was so fun. <laughs> I know it was, wasn't it? I was. Uh, I was actually thinking about this uh, because it's it's obviously Christmas time, and and I've been getting a lot of email, a lot more email than I normally do. So uh, I wanted to say, do you think it's an upside for all these companies to send their year-end happy holiday emails in that uh, some people are like, I totally forgot about Company Z. I should go buy something from them. Or that more people like me and they go, I totally forgot about Company Z. I should totally unsubscribe to all their mailings. This is Brian. This is your yearly rant about all the holiday emails and how you unsubscribe. Every and I year. do. I, it's amazing that I'm getting any emails at all anymore because, oh, well, that's right. Unsubscribe does nothing. Yeah. I was going to be like, <laughs> and I thought you unsubscribe. Why are you still getting emails? What's the, what is the problem here? Because I'm, I'm convinced companies keep lists. They keep their, we're going to send you one every week list. And then we're going to keep our, this is everybody that has ever subscribed ever or ever been put on our mailing list ever. And once a year, we're going to send them a mailing. You know what happens? I think there's turnover in the IT department and then the marketing departments. And then the new marketing guy comes in and says, give me every email you got. We're putting them back on the list. They're like, but they unsubscribe. It's like, I don't care. Marketing, marketing, marketing. Let's put them back on the list. Uh, What's I the worst they're going right. to do? Unsubscribe? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the way it goes. I do a quick little bit of follow-up on uh, Patreon because mm -hmm. we mentioned this last week and it seemed to work. Uh, if you subscribe to Patreon at any level, you do get an ad-free version of the show it, as soon as it's ready to come out, which is 85% uh, of the time. That means early access. Yes, it all depends on whether Jason hits the beer early or not. Well, it's not the beer so much. Well, I can whatever, do anything whatever on beer. Whatever he's doing at this point. I can do anything on beer. Trust me on that one. It's just... <laughs> Uh, if the client load, if, if I get too many client calls and sometimes things go off the rails, but mm -hmm. uh, anyway, and I also wanted to mention discord. We do have the discord channel. We haven't talked about it in a while, but uh, yeah, if you go to GOG.show slash discord, you can uh, hang out with us. I pop in every now and again, Brian, you've been on there a lot more than I have lately. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh you know, the, the wife has been going to bed a bit earlier and uh, there might be a bit of wine involved in me on the couch. So uh, there I've, we been, go. I've been showing up every now and then. We've got like well over 500 people on that at this point, which is it's crazy. Uh, more, more than we have on Patreon. Let's even out yeah. those numbers. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Suspect there. <laughs> and I have a breakfast tip that I that I came up with this morning because I, I had to go and eat like just shove food in my face because we were up all night with a sick dog. And I'm just like, okay, I need food before we do this crap. And uh, I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make some cholesterol-free scrambled eggs with that goo you get in the carton because, you know, I'm an old man now. So, and that stuff tastes like nothing. It is awful. It, it, I mean, styrofoam has more flavor. So I have to always add something to it. And today I'm like, okay, I'm just going to slather it in sriracha. I'm like, oh, that's going to eh, – that's a little too hot for the show. Like, what can I do to cut it? Do I have sour cream? No, I can't have sour cream anymore, damn it. But I did find a tub of labna. I don't know if you've ever had labna, have you? It is my son's favorite breakfast. I do lob. I made a, like a mayo of lobna and sriracha and spread it on my my scrambled eggs. Holy shit, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, I, I have it sparingly, but uh, yeah, my my kid loves to have that on toast in the morning. Yeah, man, that stuff is good. Yeah, we do. Uh, it's not challah bread. It's uh, it's another like, like that really flat Persian bread that you get in like the giant sheets. Yeah, yeah. Toast, toast that up and put some lobna on it. It's pretty good. But uh, the lobna sriracha combo I'd never tried. So there's Jason's holiday cooking tip. <laughs> Nothing says Christmas like Middle Eastern food and hot sauce. Exactly. In the news.
And in connecting with our opening show rant, uh, it's good to know. Uh, for once in my life, I'm with Tom Cruise. And, uh, I know. So, isn't it weird? <laughs> so are a lot of other people. Uh, I love the title of this article. I begrudgingly admit that Tom Cruise is right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I'm sure everybody has heard he lost it on the set of Mission Impossible 7 after spotting two of the crew standing less than a meter away from each other at a computer screen, according to the British tabloid The Sun, which reported the incident after receiving leaked audio of the tirade. Uh, he basically fucking freaks out and says, you know, what what the hell are you people doing? Yeah. And uh, the reason this feels good, uh, well, first off, they, as they point out, the blow up is unsettling because it's a rich, powerful white man yelling curse words at people who work for him. Uh, it's also unsettling because Tom Cruise has a history of doing this. It's happened a couple times uh, without coronavirus or anything like that. Um, and of course, it's uh, the rant is not focused on the fact that somebody could get sick and die, but it's focused on the fact that my movie might get shut down, which... You know, it's not ah, an essential activity or anything. I take but, with that. Yeah, go well, ahead. <laughs> as the article gets into, but he is not wrong because America has no goddamn health care and because America has no goddamn leadership and because all you're getting is $600 nine months into this thing. <laughs> uh, it's pointed out that uh, people have to fucking work. And if yeah. this thing gets shut down, that's a lot of people out of a job. Mm-hmm. No, and, I think that's the best part about the rent is he's just yeah. like, you know, people's homes and livelihoods are on the line and you fuckers are fucking it up. Yep. So I, you know, that's fine if a rich white guy says, hey, look, we need to make money, but we're making it for everybody here. So don't be a dumbass. Yep. Yeah. And as the article points out, the situation sucks, but that's what it is. And people shouldn't be fucking standing within six feet of each other. They just shouldn't. That's the whole deal of social distancing, which is why I have my to admit my first reaction to Cruz losing his cool was a primal, even Cruzian fucking finally. I, know. <laughs> yep. I am exhausted of this. I know better days are coming some point, but they're not here now. And it's validating to hear a familiar voice get upset and say exactly what we've all been thinking, but haven't been able to scream at people. People. You know, it would be great if we got all of the celebrities out there and they just did they just did a series of commercials that says, stay the fuck at home and said, screw the FCC and paid the fines and just yep. cursed at everybody on TV. Would yep. that not be awesome? <laughs> yeah. So as it ends, it says it is galvanizing to think about all the Christmas travel plans, the weddings, the vacations others are taking and hear the voice of a man who has dangled from a plane, lain beneath a careening truck and driven a motorcycle off a cliff saying, we are still trying to control the spread of a deadly disease. You motherfuckers. Why are people hanging out around here? What are you doing? You know who we need to hire to be the spokesperson for the entire movement who is not Samuel Tom Cruise? Samuel L. Jackson. That's right. <laughs> Stay the fuck at home. Yep. <laughs> if anybody can do it, that's my man. Yeah. And it was his birthday last week, so shout out to him for his it birthday. It was. It was. And boy, did uh, not to tease too much on media candy already, but boy, did they tease a return for him to Star Wars, didn't they? Okay, well, you will have to talk about that because I missed that. <laughs> uh, yeah, some birthday posts from the official Star Wars account. Anyways, uh, we talked about Pornhub and how they basically kicked off everybody that wasn't verified last week. I thought I found a really interesting article over at Slate about how this is just the latest example of a move towards a verified internet. Wouldn't that be nice? So we'll see. I, they're basically saying that uh, you know, it, it, porn tends to lead the way. 
And a lot of other people have started to do this as well. Airbnb announced that it would start to verify all listings, including accuracy of photographs, addresses, and other information posted by hosts. Tinder has rolled out blue checkmark verification systems to deter catfishing. Social media platforms like Twitter and Instagram are trying to figure this out at some point. And uh, the point of this article is just uh, this is where it's all heading. There's not going to be an anonymized internet anymore. You're going to have to verify things. And of course, it points out some of the pitfalls, which is you can't just do it based on celebrity. It has to be an across the board, everybody thing. Yeah, it's pie in the sky. Well, yeah, I mean, the problem is uh, who watches the watchers? Uh, It's the same thing with content moderation. How many people do you have to employ to be able to actually do this properly? Mm hmm which is yep. going to be the downfall. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. This is just, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I saw this article because I know that you hate multi-level marketing companies. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, this is a big article over on The Atlantic about how the internet is starting to turn on MLMs. And this uh, started with TikTok, of all places. Mm-hmm. They have updated their community guidelines, and they specifically p- prohibit now frauds and scams and uh, MLMs. This well, should make you very happy. That does. That does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The pandemic right. has basically been a multi-level marketing gold rush because everybody's at home and just scrolling and people are building up their, their, uh, their, their fucking markets basically and just signing people on and getting people to do it because, you know, what else? What else are we doing? We're sitting around and posting. And this has all kind of moved online. Multi-level marketing exists because of social media at this point. And uh, it's it's interesting that a company is trying to basically say, no more, not on our platform. Uh, well, but as we'll it's pointed we'll out, see. good luck yeah. with that. <laughs> you tell me the next time you hear a Beachbody ad, you know, because they're They MLM. are not MLM anymore. Do your research. Yes, they are. They're not. They're not customer facing MLM. It's the inside people who are MLM. It's if you're if you're a trainer for Beachbody or oh, yeah. you're selling their supplements. Trust me, I know. Right. I, okay. I, I, I got I this think, one. I ignore that whole aspect. I, I just like their yoga. <laughs> See, they, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. Speaking of, I got to check out the Apple Fitness Plus thing. I forgot. Yeah, that I was waiting on. for your review. Yeah, I got a okay. Well, I got twelve days off in a row coming up, so I will be <laughs> I will be doing downward facing reviews. All right, <laughs> while we're while we're doing that. Now, this one had me uh, kind of uh, excited. Researchers have achieved sustained long distance quantum teleportation, and I'm like, beam me the fuck up. Where can we go? Where can <laughs> where? we go? Where? <laughs> where yeah. are you gonna go? <laughs> Therein lies the rub, you know, (laughs) therein lies the rub. But anyway, yeah, this is, you know, what was it? Spooky action at a distance, quantum entanglement and Mm -hmm. things like that. They are figuring out ways to do this at at distance, which is... That's. I mean, it should. It, distance should literally not be an issue because once you do, didn't didn't the Chinese already prove that they did this in space? I think so. It was something like that. And my understanding of the science is we should not actually get uh, excited over the idea that we will be able to be beamed to London so we can be in lockdown there instead of here. Uh, it's actually for uh, instantaneous long distance communications that this exactly. is very exciting. Yes. Yeah. You flip a bit in one place that's quantum entangled to another bit, then. That bit flips instantaneously with the other one. That's why it's the spooky action at a distance. Yes, um, very cool. Nobody knows why the fuck that happened. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I talk about, you know, uh, technology and magic. It's like, uh, how's that work? <laughs> so, Who knows? 
<laughs> yeah, but then what do you do? You got to go like have a bucket of bits that you entangle, and then you have to ship them across the world to the other end of the you know the the pipeline so you can basically, tie it into your router. I, I can't remember what ser- sci-fi series that was basically using that. I think it might have actually been Ender's Game, the later on ones, where basically every ship you know basically got their their bucket of bits, and then they went out to space and. There you go, instantaneous communication. I think you're. I think you're right. I think it was Ender's Game. Yeah, I think yeah. they called it the Ansible, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. It's been so long since I read that, and the movie didn't really get the too movie, deep into yeah. anything. No, <laughs> <laughs> the movie was just let's blow shit up. <laughs> yes, and now the military have have unleashed R two D two on us. Oh god! But not in a yes. cute way. <laughs> Well, yeah, not really in a cute way. I, I bet somebody brought an R2-D2 sticker. But yes, no, AI just controlled a military plane for the first time ever. And this is the Air Force flying a U-2 spy plane over California. And they have an AI co-pilot. God, I hope they named it Bono. You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't see a problem with this if you have somebody. I mean, we've got, you know. Uh, I, 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 I I think this has been happening for a long time. I yeah, think this might be the first time that they're going ahead and saying, saying that it. we did it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, turn on the automatic pilot, you know, flip the switch and the thing flies itself. I mean, okay, now we just have a computer that's probably a little bit smarter and dumber at the same time. We've been flying military unmanned drones for how long all over the world? What's the big deal? I, I, yeah, this is a nothing burger for me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean the the unmanned drones do have a pilot in a seat in Alabama, you know, oh, actually true, looking yeah. down the scope. This is and this is not the pilot. This is the co-pilot. So it's not <laughs> even like flying the plane itself. I just can't believe U twos are still in service. I mean, those things they're ancient. Yeah, they're absolutely ancient. But I guess they still get the job done. So they're going to stay. Uh, Stay airborne, so let's just throw an R2-D2. <laughs> let's, why the hell not? Yeah, and uh, I just wanted to end the new the uh, the year, the news story, with a news story that is in 20 years, always <laughs> 20 years away, in yes. 20 years, reportedly Apple will start building an, an EV with a breakthrough battery in 2024, which I predict at the end of 2024's final episode of the year, we will be saying 2028, 2012. <laughs> 2012. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sounds more realistic. That sounds more, yeah. I was going to yes. say, yeah, I think you got a little closer on that one. If you were going the prices right scale, that might be the way to do it. Yeah. So a new report from Reuters is providing some details on their secretive project Titan self driving car, uh, which mostly is about their breakthrough battery. It's a monocell design, apparently, which will allow the company to add more active material to the power cell, thereby offering greater range. Uh, as long as that battery goes in their phones, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I don't need the car. So, yeah, they don't use cobalt, and 60% of the world's cobalt supply comes from the Congo, which is a bit um, problematic in yeah, terms really? of child labor. So? And, yeah. uh, bl- you know, we, we want to talk blood diamonds. We've all got blood phones. Uh, so, uh, so <laughs> Why they're saying they just it's. Buy the Congo. I mean, seriously, why don't you no, just buy it? No shit. I just yeah. buy it at this point. Privatize yeah. it. Buy it and privatize yeah. it. It can't be worth that much. But of course, uh, because you know they threw out this date of 2024 is when it's going to start happening. They have to end with a. But of course, there could be pandemic-related delays that push production back to much later. And there's a chance that Apple might decide to reduce the scope of the project. I.e., instead of building its own car, it could work with traditional automakers, which basically means they're just working on a battery. 
Exactly. And why don't they sell the battery to Elon <laughs> exactly. and just be done with it? Come on. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want I don't want Apple cars. I Me seriously either. just don't want Apple cars. Uh, not given Apple's recent products. Can you imagine the, the car cover that they might give you? Look like a big pair of panties. <laughs> it's two stickers you put on the headlights. That's it. <laughs> Pasties. Pasties. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. Now, on this show, we talk a lot about how much of our personal info is out there. We're talking about home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. And if you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're not alone. That's why I want to tell you about Delete Me. It's a game changer for protecting your personal information. As someone who's been through the ringer with spam calls and phishing attempts, finding Delete Me felt like a breath of fresh air. Could your potential views expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence in this election year? The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. Angry individuals motivated by their political beliefs can now easily access personal details from data brokers for 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment and identity theft. Fortunately, you can safeguard your data with Delete Me. Delete Me scours the internet, finding and removing you and your family's personal data from hundreds of data broker websites. And they don't just do it once, they monitor your information to ensure that it stays private. I signed up and provided the specifics on what I wanted to go, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me in the loop with regular updates, showing exactly where my info was popping up and confirming when it was removed. Seeing how dedicated they are to protecting my privacy is a relief. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now available at a special discount for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and use promo code G-O-G at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and enter code G-O-G at checkout. One more time, that's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. On this show, we often discuss the vast amount of personal info floating around out there. We're talking home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. If you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're definitely not alone. That's why I need to tell you about Delete Me. It's been a game changer for me in protecting my personal information. As someone who's been bombarded with spam calls and phishing attempts, discovering Delete Me was like finding a magic shield. Here's a really frustrating fact. The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. With rising political tensions, your political views could expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence. Angry people fueled by their beliefs can access your data from data brokers that cover 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment, identity theft, or worse. But there's good news. Delete Me works tirelessly to safeguard your data. 
They scour the internet, finding and removing your personal information from some of the largest data brokers in the world. And they don't just do it once. They continuously monitor to ensure your info stays private. I signed up and provided details on what I wanted removed, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me updated with regular reports, showing me where my information was popping up and confirming when it was deleted. Seeing their commitment to protecting my privacy has truly been a relief. Now, here's something special for all of you. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and use promo code GOG at checkout. The only way to get that 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. That's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Everyone needs a world-class VPN. Grumpy Old Geeks recommends private internet access to protect your online privacy and identity. Private internet access never keeps any records of their users' online activities, so you can be assured that you have complete privacy and nobody knows what you're doing online. No matter your technical skills, private internet access is one of the easiest VPN apps out there. All it takes to connect is just one click or tap and your data will be encrypted instantly. With just one private internet access VPN subscription, you can connect up to 10 devices at the same time. Go to GOG.show slash VPN and sign up today. For a limited time only, you can get our favorite VPN for just $2.69 a month when you sign up for two years. GOG.show slash VPN. That's GOG.show slash VPN. Security? Ha! We are joined again this week, one more time for the year, with our friend Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the CyberWire podcast and also the co-host of the social engineering podcast Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan, as well as the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy as well as surveillance and privacy. Once more with feeling, Dave, let's do it. And let us also (laughs) not forget, he is the uh, cover star of Furry Monthly. Yes, I'm feeling particularly foxy today, thanks to yes. my my good friends, my good co-hosting friends here who sent me a, a little early Christmas gift, so thank you very much for that. You're very <laughs> welcome. I was, I, I was inspired. I was reading one of your tweets about tossing your, your iPhone before you went to bed, and all I could picture was you sitting with a nice cup of brandy by the fire <laughs> in, your, in your foxy PJs, tossing your phone nonchalantly over your shoulder and saying, ha, 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 ha. Right. And uh, then I'm like, I bet he doesn't have any foxy PJs. Let's get on that right now. <laughs> well, you were correct. I did not, in fact, have any foxy PJs. And now I do. And I wonder how did I ever come this far in my life without them? So thank you very much. I also want to say interesting packing from Amazon. These things came vacuum packed in a plastic bag that there was if you had asked me before I depressurized this this plastic or pressurized this plastic bag I would not have said there was fabric inside. This thing was sol- <laughs> ho- solid, hard as a rock, which makes sense for, I guess, being able to fit as many of them into whatever shipping thing they come from Amazon for. But, boy, uh, it, was, it was kind of impressive. I, I hadn't seen that before. Kind of like, you know, those ads where you can use a vacuum cleaner to suck all the air out of storage bags? Yeah, I used I, to have I, those. Yeah, I yeah, used right. them. I still use them. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. that, but 
uh, instead of a vacuum cleaner, having some sort of industrial strength, uh, you know, zero, zero uh, air left vacuum machine or something. I don't think it's ch- it's from China. There's just a bunch of women with straws sucking, <laughs> sucking through a hole right, in, a, right, in a sweatshop. Very, very str- <laughs> right. Since, since they were young women, they've been raised to have an incredible yes. amount of uh, sucking power through straws for this Absolutely very purpose. Absolutely no jokes here. <laughs> Moving right along. Yeah. Yeah. You look so, very dapper in your in your PJs, Dave. Well, thank you. And I have to say they are quite warm. So I, I will use them this winter. And uh, <laughs> thank you very – thank you again. It's very, very thoughtful welcome. of you. You're and I welcome. hope our audience enjoys me going along with the joke. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, sure. Now, it's a joke. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, th- so this being our last episode before Christmas – um, I was wondering, I can't remember, have I ever told the story about the time I was at the lighting of the National Christmas Tree with uh, Roy Clark and Barbara Eden and President George W. Bush? Uh, I, not not to my about? knowledge, no. <laughs> All right. So let's go back a few years. This was during George W. Bush's administration, to, as toward the end of his uh his reign, if you will. Um, I was going to say reign of terror, but that has been <laughs> – that has completely been uh, usurped at this right. point. Seems Funny rather genteel. Of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we kind of recalibrated our feelings about W, haven't we? <laughs> yes, now, we have. Got a little, little, little perspective. <laughs> He's kind of just a quirky guy now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so – Every year they do the lighting of the National Christmas Tree, which is a big event. They invite a few hundred VIPs. The president uh, is there to host it and press the button to turn on the lights. This year they uh, they lit the uh, dumpster. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, and so it's it's a big event, and um, they have they bring in uh, musical guests, uh, some celebrities. Uh, this particular year, and I I don't remember what year it was, but I'm sure somebody can Google it. The hosts for this year were Roy Clark and Barbara Eden, uh, both delightful people. Uh, both of them getting up there in years when we did this uh, a few years ago. Of course, Roy is Roy is no longer with us. Um, so they also broadcast the lighting of the National Christmas Tree over um, seas to all of the servicemen and women who are serving. And the way that they would have that happen is they would bring in a volunteer TV crew to handle the technical part of that. And a colleague of mine asked me to come in to if I would be the Steadicam operator for the lighting of the National Christmas Tree. And I said, sure, because it's something I hadn't done before. I thought it would be cool to uh, to meet Roy Clark and Barbara Eden um, and also be that close to the president. It was cool. So uh, the day comes for the uh, for the event, and it is a perfect day for the lighting of the National Christmas Tree. It's about 20 degrees outside. It is snowing. There's about four inches of snow on the ground. It is picture perfect. Um, the crowd starts coming in. Uh, I'm there. I have my Steadicam all set up. I have an assistant there to pull my cable. Uh, my main job is to uh, walk in with Roy Clark, who's coming in from the back of the audience, probably a crowd of mm, about 300 people or so in this VIP area that's right in front of the stage. There's an aisleway down the middle. Roy Clark is going to come in from the back dressed as Santa Claus. Uh, Barbara Eden will introduce Santa Claus. Roy Clark comes down from the back through this aisleway. I'm running the steady cam, so I'm backpedaling in front of him. 
right? Leading him in, he turns the corner, walks up some steps to go up on the stage. I follow him up and then they cut to another camera. And that, you know, that was the, that was the main thing that I was there to do. And then also get audience reaction shots. And if anyone went down in the crowd, I was down there working the crowd with my little, you know, you know floaty camera. So everything's going great. Uh, the show starts. The president has uh, taken his seat. He's sitting behind about four inches of bulletproof glass. The first lady is there. The VIPs have come in. Uh, everyone is uh, dressed to the nines in their beautiful uh, Christmas uh, wintry gear because, again, it's about 20 degrees outside, but picture perfect. It's light snow falling from the sky. Uh, it's time for the show to start. Roy Clark uh, begins his walk. I'm walking in front of him. Everything goes perfectly fine. He turns the corner, goes up on the stage, takes his place behind a single microphone that's there um, facing the crowd, starts doing his spiel. He's reading off a prompter, which is at the, the back of the crowd, one of those big giant projection prompters, reading his part, doing a great job. Uh, Barbara Eden is just off stage. And as Roy Clark is doing his jokes, his Santa jokes and, and his Santa Claus story, his pants drop around his ankles. No! Oh! <laughs> now, it gets better. Roy Clark, because it is so cold outside, he's wearing leggings underneath of his Santa pants. He's I wearing, was waiting like, for wool. shrinkage. <laughs> he's, wearing, he's, wearing, he's wearing wool leggings under his Santa pants. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't know that he's dropped his pants in front of the president. <laughs> he's standing there in front of the microphone, dressed as Santa, pants around his ankles, telling jokes. The audience is doubled over in laughter. <laughs> he thinks his material is killing. <laughs> I'm grabbing audience reaction shots of this, uh, and people are doubled over, and it just gets funnier because he's just, he's getting into it because he thinks, and Barbara Eden is sneaking her way on stage from the side. <laughs> Uh, finally, she comes, she points at him, she points at his ankles. He looks down, realizes that his pants are around his ankles, <laughs> pulls up his pants, <laughs> <laughs> makes a joke about it, walks off stage. Um, it's time for the president to, uh, to say a few words before they actually light up the, uh, the Christmas tree. And I have to hand it to him, uh, without missing a beat, uh, President, uh, Bush says, you know, it seems like this year, uh, Santa Claus could use a new belt. <laughs> <laughs> and that is my st Christmas story of Roy Clark uh, in front of the President of the United States dropping trowel and uh, <laughs> fortunately not exposing himself, but uh, a, a, Christmas, a Christmas memory, a one, something, one I shall not forget soon. <laughs> is this anywhere on YouTube that we can see? <laughs> You know, I haven't seen it, and I I look every year for it. Um, see, it wasn't it wasn't broadcast on any networks. It was sent overseas. Right. So there, I, I know tapes exist of it for sure. Um, I've even gone looking for like contemporary descriptions of it because you think somebody must somebody's have told the story. Yes, yeah, but um, I don't know. It doesn't. I haven't. If any of our listeners can find it, I'd I'd love to see it. Um, it's really something to see. You, your uh, description of it might become canon then with our very poor <laughs> with AI, our AI translation ML services. Transcription service will be. Yeah, yeah. There you go. 
Mm, interesting. There you go. But, and by the way, Roy Clark and Barbara Eden were both delightful. They were both uh, absolutely a joy to work with. Very, very nice, and it was a wonderful experience. So that's awesome. I I've always, it. I've always loved Roy Clark, and uh, Barbara Eden has a fond place in my heart. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or a little south. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Barbara. At this point, Barbara Eden had the, she had that wonderful look of a woman who, through a combination of really good genetics and the best that money can buy, she she <laughs> she uh, she really looked uh, well put together. She's a beautiful woman, absolutely. Awesome. Excellent. Awesome. Well, awesome. hopefully she'll still be around after this episode because I don't, I'm not sure if you're aware, Dave, but we do have something called the the Grumpy Old Geeks Curse. Uh, in which when we randomly name a celebrity that really has no business being on a tech podcast, uh, they tend to die the next week or two. And uh, our curse has struck again uh, just uh, two episodes after we talked about Jeremy Bullock, the man who originally played Boba Fett. He he has passed away, sadly. Yeah, that is sad. Yeah, the saddest thing at all is that, you know, basically we never saw his face or even heard him because even in the original Star Wars films that he appeared in, he was uh, overdubbed by another actor, which is pretty crazy. Wasn't he play a different Imperial officer in one of the films, I believe? He did. He did. There was some mention of that where he's briefly seen and believe in Empire Strikes Back as one of the uh, Imperial officers that's on deck, I think, as Darth Vader menacingly walks past. Right, right. So well, you can good. look for him that way. I had no idea that he also played, well, I guess probably because they were just small parts, but he was also in Doctor Who and he was Q's assistant Smithers in early James Bond films, which is pretty hmm. cool. Huh, so yeah. guy got around. Yeah, yeah. I think as I mentioned before, I did get the opportunity to meet him once at a yeah. Star Wars weekend at Disney World and it was nice. Yep. Again, another pleasant pleasant gentleman. Uh, sorry to hear that he's gone. Yeah. I would like to point out now that, uh, Dave, you have a body count. I... I, I <laughs> It's it's uh, you know I, I I sadly mentioned David Bowie yes David Bowie died the next week uh, Brian who did you kill I can't remember uh, was it Prince I think I might have killed Prince I thought we were oh, talking I, I thought remember. I thought the David Bowie thing came up when we were talking about Prince mm, maybe perhaps I I, I don't yeah. know I'm I'm certain I have killed someone though I just don't recall who. yes 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 so. this is can like we the just technology. somebody quickly can somebody quickly find a reason for us to talk about Giuliani. Well, people have been wondering why we talk so much about <laughs> Donald Trump the past four years. Uh, we exactly. Kept, we kept waiting for it to happen. The curse lets us down. It's one of those – it's it's a reverse curse. It's like the people we don't want to die are the ones that actually get the short end of the stick. I see. Yes. Right, right. They have to be undeserving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe we needed to have MAGA hats this whole four years when we were mentioning it, and then we could have faked it and tried to – Get mm-hmm. out the death gods, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, never, totally never worked. worked. But uh, <laughs> yep. Since we're in Star Wars corner, we might as well wrap up. Since the Mandalorian has also wrapped up. Thoughts? Spoiler alerts. <laughs> oh yeah, spoiler alerts. Uh, uh, I'm I'm all in. I loved it. Loved uh, it. it. It was the probably some of the best fan servicing one is going to get from Star Wars. Uh, yep. It is, uh, you know, there's there's obviously already talk about what this could mean for the next season as um, because they didn't cast an actor to be Luke Skywalker and instead went the CGI route, one is assuming they won't reverse course on that. So I don't expect we'll be seeing a lot of Luke Skywalker. And obviously that also means probably no Grogu uh, in mm-hmm. se- the next season. So I, it obviously seems to be pivoting towards the, you know, the battle for Mandalore as it were. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I thought they handled it, it just as perfectly as they possibly could have. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was along for the ride. I think it, it went really well. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine over the weekend and he said, I'm just so happy to be excited about Star Wars again. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, in the in the immortal words of R. Kelly, a tear fell up out my eye. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. You know, a couple of interesting things I, I note. Um, it was interesting to me that uh, Luke Skywalker never says his name. Nope. <laughs> they, they don't ask. They didn't check he him for say. ID, nothing. Well, <laughs> Do you have some paperwork before you take the kid? You know, come on. <laughs> I mean, he did just kill all the robots. So I, I think right. there was the feeling that we wouldn't be able to stop this guy if we wanted to. That's true. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I'm I'm thinking like how he must be famous at this point for everything he's done. I mean, certainly no, no, the, they, they the woman really... who... Uh, we've talked about that, that uh, a couple times on, on the show, the fact that they seem so removed from everything that's going on in the actual Galaxy Major. Like, they, they don't know any of these people. And I actually thought it was weird, in my opinion, that Boba Fett left and didn't come back. And now I reala- realized they couldn't have him there because he yeah. would recognize Luke. Right, right. Mm. <laughs> I was thinking the very least the, the woman whose uh, family had been on Alderaan would know of Luke Skywalker for probably being the hero who, oh, that's true. who got vengeance by destroying the Death Star. But uh, who knows? I just thought it was <laughs> interesting that they, they never said it. And, you know, so does that leave us you, later in later episodes? You, say, you know who that was, right? <laughs> no. Who was that? <laughs> should have got his autograph. Yeah, it was, probably, yeah. it was probably cheaper on the residual side if they just left it ambiguous. Did you, did you notice Could his be. pants fell down around his ankles as he was talking to us? <laughs> yes, right, right. But he was wearing he used the force so to pick him okay. back up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was no, good. I, and I'm very excited about the book of Boba Fett. Uh, I saw breaking news that it's actually not going to be a full series. It's going to be a four-part miniseries, which oh. is actually, actually even better, I think, because hmm. It lets them concentrate on telling just one kind of kick-ass story rather than have to create a whole narrative around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I keep thinking uh, it'd be fun if they actually start that story inside the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be cool. I mean, I'm, uh, they put him back on Tatooine. Uh, they put him in Java's palace. We're going to find out something about We will have actual canon on as to how he got out, <laughs> one assumes. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yeah. So yes, when when the Mandalorian broke for the final season, I didn't realize that. Oh wait, it is already out. You know, it was like six in the morning, and I went to Twitter, and of course they, you know, ruinous bastards they are in the hashtags for the trending topics was Luke Skywalker, and I'm like, ah, shit. So I got to stay <laughs> off the internet all day. So I just I read I redid my whole schedule. So I could just sit here in my studio and I cranked up my studio monitors, had my big 5K iMac, and I just watched it that like that way, which I mm. have to say, $1,000 studio monitors are better than the $79 <laughs> soundbar in my house. Oh, you so, think? So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm just going to watch everything. That. Yeah, I'm going to watch <laughs> yes. everything in my studio now. Mm-hmm. So when I was done... I went back to Twitter because I'd made a post that I'm leaving Twitter for the internet for a while to go watch this. And when I came back, there were some some great, like, funny spoilers. It's like, oh, man, that I didn't see that Darth Maul twist coming and, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> so, so I made a joke about Jar Jar. I'm like, that was a weird crossover with Jar Jar, something like that. <laughs> so I get, a, I get a tweet or actually a, a text later on that night from my friend Jason Bryant uh, does the wrestling podcast. He's like, you asshole. I rewatched to make sure I didn't miss the Jar Jar reference. Then I realized what you were doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. he actually went back and watched it. So sorry, Jason. Gotcha. <laughs> I think, again, I think we touched on this in one of our previous episodes, but I think one of the 
For me, one of the most gratifying things they're doing is reaching back into that old sound effects library. Mm-hmm. And and every time I hear one, I think I just how those sound, that library of sound effects, those old Ben Burt sound effects are hardwired into my brain as being That TIE Star fighter Wars. sound. Yeah. The TIE yeah. fighter sound, there was one um, with some speeder bikes where they, the acceleration of the speeder bikes – um. Yeah, there's I think so many of them. There's those background noises that I've heard thousands of times, and it makes the world seem more real. Mm-hmm. I think they've used the Willem scream like in every episode so far, too. <laughs> I know they've used um, it in at least two. So I'm okay with that. Yep. What was the deal with the soundtrack changing at the end? I didn't catch it, but everybody was like, "That threw me off." The sound, the way they did the music at the end, I, I didn't get it. Did you guys catch that? I don't no. know what they're talking about. Mm, no, no okay. idea. Okay, I'll have to go back and re-listen to I it. I think or... I was too busy, like, jumping up and down for joy at Luke Skywalker's appearance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. Well, I and I had been tipped off that there was something post-credits. Yeah, me too. And I did notice that uh, they didn't do the auto-shrinking of the credits that they normally do. And Disney has impossibly small credits anyway, So, it, but it was sort of a tip-off that there was more to come that they didn't automatically you know, squish them down. I just find it interesting that Disney Plus obviously has that as an option built into their streaming platform that they can turn on or turn off the uh, shrinking of the credits because uh, they certainly don't do it for anything else. And sometimes right. I like watching the credits. <laughs> right, <laughs> to squish right. or not to squish. That is the button. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but uh, looking forward. More to come. Now we're all in that dark place where we know we have to wait for months. Yep. But, <laughs> we, uh, we call that the dark place of the only thing we have left to watch is Star Trek Discovery. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes. Sad. Uh, but there yeah. is the expanse. Anyway, let's talk for just a short, brief moment here about some security stuff. Do uh, we have to? <laughs> uh, just for a second. Uh, you know, there's one bit that I want to I mean, actually that's talk That's all we're going to have to talk about for the next uh, year until we get some uh, more Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you did an interview, and I think it was with the CEO of Dragos? Yeah, Robert it? M. Lee. Yep. yep. Yeah. I like that guy so much. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> he was, I mean, he just laid it out. He's like, companies got to step up. The government is not coming to save you. It is your responsibility to make your make sure your shit don't break. And I just, he didn't right. mince words about it. It was great. No, no Rob, I, I, I always love interviewing Rob. He's a regular over on the Cyberwire. Um, as you say, he's the CEO of Dragos, which is a company that does industrial control system security. So they're the ones out there protecting power plants and water plants and, you know, all mm-hmm. of that, uh, all the stuff that uh, he says, uh, you know, we protect civilization, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's what they do. And they, it's been a very successful company. Um, uh, full disclosure, they are also a data tribe company. So they came out of the same uh, incubator that we came out of. They're, you know, good couple years ahead of us they're into their either their i think they're in their b round they just yeah. raised a lot of money but um, their little anyway. brother <laughs> well rob rob is uh what i like what i like about rob is that he will tell you what he thinks and he does not allow the pr and marketing people to get in his ear and say you shouldn't have said that <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know um and he knows his stuff too. You know, he's he's a former NSA guy, former Air Force uh, guy. Um, mm. So it's always a pleasure to get to talk to him. But yeah, interesting conversation. I uh, I, I that was one I really enjoyed. Um, a real one, one I recommend to people to check out if you're looking for sort of the the straight skinny on what this whole um, 
government hack is. It's a, it's a good one. It was uh, what last Friday. Right. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was I was just like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Thanks. No one's coming to save you. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know what's funny is um uh I'm I'm sitting here patting myself on the back, but one of the tweets that we got about uh about it, someone complimenting it said that one of the best parts was that Bittner hung back and kept his mouth shut. So <laughs> so, so so we could just hear what Rob had to say and I was like, "Well, I guess that's a backhanded compliment, but I'll take it." <laughs> Damn Damn with a kiss. Phrase. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So all right, duly noted. Duly yes. noted. Well, we do have a bit more security news, actually, as uh, these Israelis are at it again, everyone. So uh, <laughs> Ben wrote us, uh, one of our listeners, looks like the researchers at Ben-Gurion have been busy. They have found yet another way to exfiltrate data from air gap systems. This time they figured out how to turn RAM chips into Wi-Fi cards. Jesus uh, they're Christ. They're calling it AirFi. <laughs> This is all mostly theoretical, certainly for all of us that don't have air gap systems. So that would be everybody but Jason. Because he's got to keep that stuff somewhere. Uh, But yeah, I guess they can apparently just turn your RAM into Wi-Fi and beam your data right out. Yeah, I first saw this story, uh, and the Ben Gurion was not named in the headline. But when I saw the story, my first thought was, uh, "Those guys at Ben Gurion are up to, up to their old tricks again." <laughs> yep. And uh, sure enough, they are. The other yep. thing this reminds me of is um, I don't know if you guys remember back in the early days of computing, there was a program called Dancing Demon. It was a little. Uh, this is like TRS eighty, um, you know, Apple II days, mm-hmm. and it was this little graphic demon, you know, chunky little eight bit graphics, and this little demon would come out, and you could tell him what you wanted him to do, and he'd do a little tap dance routine. <laughs> and at the time, computers didn't have sound cards. Um, the TRS eighties didn't, but they were super leaky when it came to RF energy. Mm-hmm. So the programmers of Dancing Demon figured out that if you held an AM radio near the computer. The, they could manipulate the RF, uh, the RF coming out of the computer, basically a spark gap generator, and um, make it sound like the, the demon was tap dancing. So it was an early way of, of making sound with a computer that didn't have any just because uh, the internals were so leaky from an RF point of view. This right. reminded me of that. Entertainment and cancer. <laughs> well, yeah, and eventually uh, Tandy had to uh, stop making the Model 1 because it was so leaky. That that's why they made the Model 3. The FCC eventually said, you guys, you got to stop making this thing. It's interfering with, <laughs> it's, you know, <laughs> it's interfering with everything. So. Yeah, those old uh, uh, wireless phones, we had the antenna and all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Ugh. Uh, Good the times. old days. <laughs> <laughs> So this is just a quickie because this this is under, yeah, we know. Uh, Police in Pasadena and Long Beach have pledged not to send license plate data to ICE. Yeah, but they did anyway. Mm -hmm. So Hold on a second. Wait, are you you saying that they did something that they said they weren't going to do? Correctamundo. The police? (laughs) Shocking. Ooh, two in one episode. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah, this is not surprising to me at all. Uh, Long Beach police, I you know, I, I knock on wood, I don't live in Long Beach anyways because I'm about to say something on a public podcast. Uh, they're horrid. They're absolutely. Yeah, I horrid. used to live in Long so, Beach. They are. Yep. I can I can attest from firsthand experience. The Long Beach Police <laughs> Department sucks. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, not very friendly folks. Nope. Isn't that where the uh, the Spruce Goose and the Queen Mary were for Indeed. a while? Yes. Queen Mary is still yeah. there. The Spruce Goose is gone. That is now a uh, launching terminal for cruise ships. 
So okay. I, I got, I got on a cruise ship and took it to Mexico from where the Spruce Goose used to be. <laughs> I spent New Year's Eve there on the Spruce Goose and the Queen Mary one year. Nice. Back in, back in the day. It was quite nice. Yeah. I was yeah, very that's... bummed to find out the Spruce Goose wasn't there when I moved to Long Beach. But <laughs> hanging out on the Queen Mary, the thing, the thing, crazy thing to do on the Queen Mary is uh, Halloween. Oh, I've been they, there for a Halloween. It's awesome. Oh. It is so oh, cool. Yeah. The, the yeah. haunted engine room is like a uh, like an industrial dance club, and the way they light it, it looks like it's endless. It is just so cool. Yes, yeah. it is. Wow. The, yeah, Halloween on the Queen Mary is awesome. Highly yeah. recommended. I agree. All right. And uh, Nathan also wrote in and said maybe an update. Although it seems the guy just managed to convince authorities now, so not really an update. And uh, this is still following on on the Dutch hacker Victor Givers, who claims to have logged into President Trump's Twitter account not once but twice by guessing passwords. The first being "You're fired," and the second being "MAGA 2020!" Exclamation point. So obviously he learned. Don't just use letters. Um, they're, they're basically saying, uh, "Yeah, we we think he did it." But we're not going to charge him with anything because he has met the bar for responsible disclosure, and he is a, hmm. he is an ethical hacker because he didn't actually hmm. do anything with it. Hmm. Pussy. What do you, what do you guys think? <laughs> you think he, you think he made it in? I, I mean, I know we talked about it the first time around, but they seem pretty convinced. The Dutch prosecutors. I don't. Think I just. So. I. I find it so hard to believe. Yeah. I. I've, the, all, the, I, I, I do, but I don't. He's such an idiot. Well, well there are people just, around. There are people <laughs> that have to fix things like that. Obviously not a lot of the time. <laughs> well, you know, they log him in with a real password, turn on two-factor. I mean, once he's logged in with two-factor on his whatever phone he's using, he's going to be logged in for a long time. He doesn't have to have a password that right. could be anything, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So That's what I, I think it's plausible that this guy triggered – the two-factor. Right. He got to that point. <laughs> so he didn't actually get in, but he at least triggered it. Yeah. Right. That's what I think probably happened. He guessed right, triggered the two-factor, and Bob's your uncle. But mm -hmm. I don't – and it sounds like he wouldn't have gone any farther anyway. Who knows? But right. I just can't believe that with the – because of how important the president's Twitter account is, and I can't believe I'm saying that out loud. <laughs> I <gonna> say, are <laughs> but, you sure important is the word that you're looking for? <laughs> well, that's the, I mean, isn't that part of, that's the d depressing part about it is well, that yes, it is and for he, national security. I mean, he will be remembered as the Twitter president. I mean, that's, yeah. that was his, he, when's the last time he had a fucking press conference that, that wasn't uh, all rigged and I won the election, um, you know, or took questions from reporter. It's been a long time. Mm -hmm. Like he's tweets. That's it. That's how he communicates. Right. Right. Uh, imagine a, the, a tweet from the president that says missiles incoming. That, that's, you know, that's. Well, yeah, that would not. Be that's good. why the Twitter. <laughs> that's why. The, but, but that's why the president's Twitter account matters. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So, Agreed. Yeah. All right. On that happy note. Well, hey, happy holidays, gents. <laughs> Merry Christmas. We're only gonna I, have I'm going to have to deal with and warm for two weeks <laughs> after we come back. Just, that's, that's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. We will raise a glass. Yes, we will. Least. We will raise, we'll a, raise a case. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to be chugga, working chugga, out chugga. for the next two weeks just so I can lift that keg over my head. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Jason, you, you, you keg stands are when you get on top of the keg instead of the I am doing around. a reverse cowgirl <laughs> keg stand. It's okay. going right on my head. 
<laughs> Boy, that'll this is going to be a heck of an obituary. Yes, it uh, will be. I'm going out with style. He crushed to death under the weight. <laughs> his, his dogs tried to uh, tried to pry the keg off of him, but got distracted by licking up all the beer that yeah. was all over the place. All right. Bam Bam does like Guinness. What can I say? Mm-hmm. All, all right, right, all right guys. Everybody have Talk a good holiday. Media Candy. Well, a thank you to everyone on the internet who sent me the news that HBO Max and Roku <laughs> finally made up. They sealed the deal. They have. And here's the funny part. I haven't even installed it yet because I'm so used to using my Apple TV now to get to HBO Max. <laughs> I just forgot. I'm just like muscle memory has kicked in. Yeah. Uh, well, you'll, I'm sure you'll be launching it for the Wonder Woman premiere on Christmas Day. I, here's the thing. I don't, I don't really care about that movie. I'm pretty I, I, excited about it. I really liked the first one. It was a little too long, as we discussed at the that's time. That's the problem. But it was, it yeah. was very well done. The thing that I remember the most about the first movie is the interminable fight scene at the end, which has yes. me not jazz to watch the <laughs> second one because all of the video I've seen of the second one is just fight scenes. I'm like, yeah. okay, we'll see, we'll see. And this is kind of breaking news. So this new COVID stimulus bill, where we get nothing and the everybody else gets everything. Yep. Um, uh, these assholes, this is why I hate politicians. This is a COVID stimulus bill that's supposed to make people better off than they were before. Mm-hmm. So this asshole, Tom Tillis, uh, he's an asshole on many levels, not just for this one. You don't, you, you can look him up. This is, this is just the tip of the, the doucheberg on this guy. Yep. Uh, so he snuck in a proposal to increase the penalties for people who would like to stream unlicensed works, AKA piracy. Video right. streaming, right? Yep. So he wants to make it a felony. Okay. Uh, could carry up to a uh, jail term of 10 years uh, if you're doing mu- music and movies and uh, selling access to that. Well, uh, there's a lot of people that do that in <laughs> Sweden. And uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of people using one bill for another, and it really pisses me off. It really pisses me <laughs> off. So. Good, I mean, good luck. Good you know, good luck at policing people. We, we don't have internet police. So uh, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with going after the people that are, are charging money to provide the access to the service, as long as you don't go after the people that are just uh, uh, like me, who just wanted to see Alvin and the Chipmunks Christmas special and could not find anywhere to pay for it. So I stole it. Yeah. Well, here's the problem. You won't be able to steal it anymore if all these people go to jail. So... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, yes, theoretically, fine. It should be this should be a prosecutable offense because it is copyright theft. And I, as far as I know, all of us on the Internet are guilty of it at some point or another. If you think you're not, you're you're deluding yourself. Well, look, if you've again, ever launched I, Pinterest. That's exactly my point. It's like, how can you even have a bill like this without having some sort of like Pinterest has to go away then? But this is music and movies. There are uh, no music yes. and movies on Pinterest. Just, just, they just photos. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. No. So this is just, uh, it, it, this is ridiculous. It angers me. It angers me greatly, Brian. I'm sorry that it angers you. Let's move on to stuff Please that do. we watched yes. that we have actually paid for. Uh, first up, yes. The Expanse Season 5, which dropped three episodes. That seems to be the new standard. Yep. And I, of course, watched all three, and I'm so happy it's back and so sad that now I only have seven more. I know. That's the <laughs> downside of getting the three up front. Yes. Because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I, it, it's, it's a double-edged sword. It makes me happy that there are three and not ten. 
but uh, it, I, I know that I have no willpower whatsoever. So <laughs> if there were 10, I would be, you know, dragging ass and calling you. This morning I, was, going, uh, I was up all night. <laughs> that's uh, the problem, can we, right? Can we push the show for a little bit? <laughs> like, I, I actually had enough willpower to be able to split it out over three nights instead of just staying oh. up. Uh, but that's mostly because I have a kid who will not let me sleep in. So, uh, uh, you know, I, left to my own devices pre-kid life, I would have just stayed up and watched all three in a row. Um, I they did were two, fantastic. I did, did it over two nights. I did the yeah. first two, and then the second night is when I found out that there were only three. <laughs> I was right. like, oh, shit. So yeah, I'm I'm loving it. It's fantastic. It's a, it's really really fun. Yep, and uh, another Amazon show, uh, The Grand Tour: A Massive Hunt. I have not watched this yet. I'm saving this for the in between Christmas and New Year time. Yeah. Okay. Not good. <sighs> I, I think I'm done. I, I just think I'm done. And uh, the biggest problem I have with it is, uh, you know, on Amazon now they list like the categories and everything, and it says unscripted. Bullshit, this is unscripted. This is the most scripted show you've ever seen. It's the most fucking scripted <laughs> yeah. thing, and it's not funny anymore. That's the problem. That's like after Seamen, you know, there were, there were some parts in Seamen that I thought were cute and funny, but it is not the way it used to be. Well, that's exactly what a massive hunt is. There, it's, yeah. a, it's an hour and a half of which maybe five to ten minutes tops are actually worthwhile. See, that's what I was worried about. That's why I was putting it into the the doldrum section where I know that I'm going to be out of everything to watch. So I'm like, okay, if, if I got to watch it, I, I need to manage expectations and say, look, I've got nothing really good right now. So let's see if this is going to entertain me at that point, because I have a feeling this is going to be my last one, too. Yeah, I just uh, I don't see myself watching it much anymore. It, it was painful. Uh, I spent half the time. Uh, you you know a show's bad when you're just sitting on the couch and you're on your phone doing other things. Yeah, yeah, yep. definitely. I, know, I, I, I was on my Discord. I was on our Discord channel instead of watching it. <laughs> well, you should have done a live review. <laughs> Bored now. Bored now. Not funny. Bored now. <laughs> Same old joke they always make. Bored, yep. bored. All right, so that happened. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek Discovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> it's it's great seeing Rika Sharma uh, from BSG over on Star Trek. I, it always makes me happy when she's on anything, particularly when she's in really tight black spandex. Um, so I was happy for that, uh, but then they killed her again. Again. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's the second time they've killed her on the show, so I guess she could come back again. I, I don't give a crap about the Mirror Universe. We do now know how they've solved the whole uh, the, the yep. whole Michelle Yao getting her show uh, yep. thing, because, you, know, uh, you know, Guardian of Forever and all that, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, don't care. I, I'm happy that that storyline is done, so we can get back to the show, which is exciting. Uh, I am sad. It that, is? Well, <laughs> nobody told here's, me. <laughs> here's the problem. Uh, I, I well, I, we like Booker, um, and but the problem is they got rid of my favorite character. They've sent her back for her own show in the other timeline, and now we have to deal with the main character who I can't stand. Nope. And and here's the thing. She was just as annoying in the uh, the mirror universe, too. Yeah. Yeah. Ever since you told me that she reads every single line like it's the end of the earth, I can't even I can't unhear it or unsee it anymore. Yep. So it's totally ruined for me at this point. I was I, when I saw you put this in here, I was really, really, really hoping that this was the finale. Uh, no, there are two more episodes. And here's here's why. Here's why I love this. 2020 is almost over. Everything horrible happened in 2020. So at least the timing for the final two episodes of Discovery fall inside of 2020. <laughs> so they're going to ruin Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve with the last two episodes. And then I think I am done with this show. It is not it, – it, 
you know, after, well, you know, we've already talked about the Mandalorian at this point. So I'm just going to say after watching something like that and then going to discovery, which is just a, a hate watch, it's like, <laughs> I just want my time back. I just do. It's not, it's uh, not good. I, I, I'm curious to see how they're going to end it. I have a feeling we're going to get another big reboot. I can't imagine that they're going to stay in the 32nd, whatever century, uh, for a whole nother season. I, th- I think we're going to have a big crazy thing happened, but we'll see. Well, that, that would be too bad because I think now that, you know, they figured out how to get Michelle back to her own series, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back to her own series, they can move on and actually dig into the 32nd, whatever. Yeah, I, I, I would like them to do that. But Star Trek uh, recently has a, a long history of doing exactly what I don't want them to do. So <laughs> no shit, <laughs> <laughs> you know, unlike the fan servicing that we're getting from the star Wars universe on TV, they are not doing that in Star Trek at all so yeah we'll see but uh the one reason that i'm happy that it's not over yet is because i want uh, a reason for to keep that cbs subscription and not cancel it right away uh because the stand their their remake of the stand has now dropped and they're dripping that out one week one episode per week um the stand is one of my absolute favorite stephen king books of all time uh, yep. One of probably my favorite books of all time. It really is. Uh, and it is one of those rare Stephen King properties that, uh, as far as I'm concerned, they have not screwed up. I liked that 1990s miniseries. I thought it was great uh, with Molly Ringwald and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and so far, one episode, I really enjoyed it. That's all I've heard so far. I've heard nothing but good things about the about this remake. So no, I'm looking see, the, forward the to key, it. The key, the key to the stand is how they portray the good and the light main characters. And we've got Whoopi Goldberg and a guy I don't know. I can't remember his name. Okay. Uh, playing playing the the main baddie. And I gotta you know, nobody's gonna beat Trash Can Man from the nineties. Okay, well, you almost lost me at Whoopi. I'm not a Whoopi fan. Well, so. me either, but she's got big dreadlocks and looks like Guinan on acid. So we'll <laughs> <Okay>. see. <laughs> now, what was that show that uh, Anthony Michael Hall was in? Wasn't that a spinoff of The Stand? Oh, see, that's one of the ones I didn't watch. Oh, I, I love that show. It was terrible. It was cheesy as hell, and I <laughs> really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I thought that was a spinoff from The Stand. Or Yeah. But yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I, I'm... I'm reserving judgment i'm going to go into it because you know you know my history with stephen king yes i mm-hmm. don't care for the man but <laughs> um as far as i know that this is you know the best thing he's ever done from everybody that says that it's so, pretty solid it is pretty solid so far so, so i'm we'll looking see. forward to it yes i'm yep. looking forward to it so a reason to keep uh, cbs has found a way to keep my money for another month until picard comes which is probably a good year away at this point so Maybe. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, so this has all been all my nighttime viewing. Uh, daytime viewing has been dominated by one thing and one thing only. Disney Plus is worth its weight in gold if you have a kid or you've never grown up. I mean, it has been all <laughs> Disney Plus all day long. Uh, Tangled is the kid's new favorite movie. Beauty and the Beast got an airing the other day, and, and so far he's running around singing the Gaston song, so obviously that worked pretty well. Uh, holds up really well, by the way, that version. Really? Uh, not the Emma Watson one, uh, the recent one, but go back to the animated one with Angela Lansbury and all that. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. The, the, really, the, really the re- good. The real one. Yeah, Go back the real to the one. real one. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that we're in a snow-filled wonderland right now has made Frozen and Frozen 2 favorite viewings again. Um, and just they, they put out so many small little uh, specials. You know, it, it used to be like 
especially for the movies that we remember, like Aladdin and all that sort of stuff, they would then just immediately create the really crappily animated straight-to-video sequels. Yeah. They, they're, they're doing all these shorts and all these other things now that are incredibly well done and mm. very well animated. I mean, they are putting, they're pouring the tons of money that they are getting back into the product, I have to say. Yeah, they have to because the parks are dead in the water. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. No, the one thing I do want to watch over the break that was the big draw when it first came out was uh, I wanted to watch uh, Robin Hood. Oh, I love that movie. God, I love that movie. Isn't it so good? It's so good. Yeah, I started to do it, and then I just, you know, I didn't have the time. So I think on my maybe what I'm what I'll end up doing is I'll watch (laughs) I'll watch the 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 Top Gear. Uh, Grand Tour, sorry, Grand Tour, not Top Gear anymore. <laughs> and uh, as a palate cleanser, I'll watch Robin Hood afterwards. I think I, I think I might have to make that like one of my Christmas views, the Robin Hood. I'll, I'll see if I can get the kid into it. My other big Christmas view, and I'm I'm wondering how I'm going to work it in at this point as the kid is is older and up later. I used to always watch the, uh, the whole Lord of the Rings series. Oh, uh, for every Christmas. Anymore. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> you know, I want to enjoy my break. Not <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I've got it on Blu-ray, but I think I'm good. Hmm. Oh, man. Although if you want to if you want to do it, maybe we could set up a discord viewing party and we can just have some cocktails and do it over the course of a couple nights. Maybe. Maybe we'll see if uh, we'll see if any of the people on there want to do something. Yeah. So Queen's Gambit. Yes. Yes. God as damn good it. as right. Really it's it's fucking, fucking amazing. It's fucking good. Really <laughs> fucking good. Yeah. And uh, you know, I Anya Taylor Joy checks all the boxes for me. I was so. <laughs> I I was not going to go the immediately. Uh, my God, how sexy is she? Route uh, when I did my review the other week. But uh, my God, how sexy is she? <laughs> well, it, it's smart. That's the you know. I'm I, well. I, I, like, I mean, I like play brains. smart. Yeah, she plays smart. The character checked all the boxes for me. So that was that was it was really distracting for a lot of the show. She checked all the boxes for you. Smart, uh socially inept and an alcoholic. Exactly. <laughs> you hit it right on the head. I mean, literally my soulmate right there in that woman <laughs> and redhead. So uh, she is gorgeous. She's blonde in real life. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. That's why. Sorry I like about the that. character, not the <laughs> Uh, I got really uh, huge vibes from uh, what was oh my god what the hell is that name it's that Amelie the actress from Amelie exactly that's what I thought too yes yes this is a very updated version of Amelie and uh, yeah that movie too (laughs) Woo, doggy (laughs) anyway moving on uh, I got a bunch of people tell me about the Bee Gees documentary on HBO Max Mm -hmm, me too I've heard a lot about it and all good things we watched it the other night. We sat down and, uh, you know, I didn't think my roommate was going to get through it because, you know, she's music business and doesn't really care for that kind of thing. We watched it all the way through, straight through. It was amazing. And those guys are talented as fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's just no way that you can say, I mean, even if you don't like the music, you cannot deny how unbelievably talented they were. Yeah, this was definitely from a time period where if you made it to that level, uh, you actually had talent. You weren't just Justin Bieber. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. And fuck Steve Dahl. What an <laughs> asshole. I, I just don't like that guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- these guys went through the ups and the downs and the whole nine yards, but they all always kind of kept it together. You know, it's like it's kind of like a Disney version of behind the music on VH1, <laughs> you know, but uh, and here's the fucked up part. Barry Gibb is still alive. Yep. I thought he died ages ago. <laughs> and we were both we were both, you know, like, wait a minute, that's 
that's the the hot one. <laughs> my roommate said, just like that's the hot one. It's like he needs to fluff his hair up a little. But we both had no idea it was him because we had to stop it about twenty minutes in and do like a an IMDb search and some googling and Wikipediaing to figure out who was who. And it's like yeah, it was like that's fucking Barry Gibb. He's still here. Yes, um, it's a fantastic, fantastic documentary. So cool. I highly I'm looking recommend forward to it. it. Now, I'm not a Beatles fan, but, you know, the Beatles Get Back sneak peek has come out from Peter Jackson. Mm-hmm. I watched it. I, I, I'm actually, I'm in. I want to yeah. see this. I want to see uh, this now. You know, it, it's amazing to think that they, they're they pro- actually, well, they did a study and the, because the Rolling Stones toured a lot more, uh, the pre- people, the person in the world that's still alive that has been seen in person by the most people is Mick Jagger because they've toured a lot longer than the Beatles ever did. Yeah. But for, for I mean, you cannot think of more famous people than the Beatles and you cannot think of a band that has been more researched and studied and archived and the fact that there can actually be something new about the yeah. Beatles is amazing to me. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm very into this. It looks great. Yeah. 50 some hours of footage and none of it are deep fakes. It's amazing. Yep. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I got to go on Penn Sunday School this week, which was a highlight for me because you know how much I love Penn. Gillette. I do. I do. Uh, we've talked about it on the show. So I went on and you have no idea how giddy I was when I, well, when I, I have an on. idea. <laughs> I've seen you meet famous people before. (laughs) No, no, no. When I found out that it was episode 666, (laughs) I was just like, the stars have aligned. Everything is perfect. Nice. So I was on for like 20 minutes near the end. Uh, I didn't talk that much because it was basically, you know, I'm a Patreon subscriber. So I got to go and ask a question on air and I got some great answers from them. There is video of it. It will be linked in the in the show notes and you can it will jump straight to my segment. Uh, you can go back and watch the rest if you want or preferably go subscribe to the show because Penn Sunday School is uh, I one of my favorites. Highly recommended. And it was just it was fun. It I'm was looking fun. forward to watching your appearance. I did not geek out as much as you think I would. Okay. I kind of kept it together. I was proud of myself. Well, that's depressing. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) At the library. I've been working through some books recently, and I thought, ah, man, I really need, I need a comfort read. I need something that I know is going to bring me uh, good tidings and comfort and joy. And uh, I'm not getting it. I I got Dead Lies Dreaming, which is The Laundry Files Book 10 by Charlie Strauss. The Laundry Files Books 1 through 9 have been reliable sources of giddiness for me. Uh, Uh, I think it may be 1 through 7. Maybe 1 through 7, yeah. 8 and 9 were a little... uh, I I think I'm done with this series. I don't even know if I'm going to finish this book. I'm sorry. Without the main characters from the first seven, I don't care. So I finished the book, and I have thought as well. Um, as a standalone book, if you take the main characters out of the equation, it's fine. It is actually a pretty good book. But if you're waiting for Bob to show up, ain't yep. going to happen. Nope. <laughs> this is this is after, you know, the main characters have done their thing and moved on. Mm-hmm. And it's okay that that's the way it is. It should be a Laundry Files book. It should not be Laundry Files book 10. A, a it should be a Laundry Files, Files story. Yes. 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 In the in the Laundry Files universe type of thing. Uh, because as a standalone book, if you go into it thinking it's going to be one of the classics, it is not. But it is a solid book, I believe. And I enjoyed it. 
But I was, yes, bummed that we waited this long and we have no idea what happened to the main characters. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'll soldier on to finish it. But yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't bad at all. It was, a, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed right. it. Sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> on of the week. I saw a tweet come through from Firefox and Mozilla saying, hey, pardon the language, guys, but we've got a new initiative called Unfuck the Internet. Well, technically, it's uh, they, they didn't even have enough balls to do that. It's UNFCK the Internet. Well, FCK, it's, it's a play on Yes, units. I know. Yeah, yes. Uh, so, uh, okay. Now, the... The brutal, brutal, honest truth here is you only have to know about this because you have to go read the replies to the original tweet <laughs> because they got taken out back behind the woodshed and spanked like a five-year-old who stole the apple pie. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everybody agreed that the internet needs to be unfucked, but they don't think that Mozilla and Firefox are the people to do it because their browser sucks. They're a horrible <laughs> company and they fire all the engineers when they need more money. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. But yes, the comments are brutal and hilarious. Well, speaking of brutal and hilarious comments, there's some other news this week that came out. Now, we already had some fun with the Space Force when it was announced and the fact that basically their logo is taken straight from Star Trek. Yes. Uh, so uh, it turns out the Space Force is the gift that keeps on giving uh, because the personnel have gotten a new name this week. <laughs> the Guardians. Talk about a crossover. Not only... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, many were quick to take to Twitter. By many, I mean the entire universe, uh, including James Gunn, the writer and director of Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, who wrote, can we sue this dork? <laughs> and uh, there are a lot of just genius tweets out there. My personal favorite is, and our top commander will be known as Star-Lord. <laughs> yep. God. The Guardians. What the, the Guardians. fuck? This is what happens when you let children run the country. Yes, pretty much. Granted, Brian, if it was me and you, oh, we, we would do the that. same damn thing. <laughs> we would do the same thing. Yep, yep. I just would have, yeah, except we wouldn't have called it Space Force. We just would have went straight for it and called it, these, this is the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, the Federation. Fuck it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah, let's go uh, straight, straight into it. Yeah. Oh. God. And in, in final moron of the week news, I just thought this one was pretty funny. New York Times retracts core of hit podcast series Caliphate on ISIS. Well, turns out somebody didn't do their homework. Whoopsie. I, I would personally like to retract almost every single one of the Grumpy Old Geeks episodes. <laughs> oh, God. But how are we going to get our Patreon money if we do that? Mm. Anyway. Yes, so, apparently it was all based on lies and hoaxes. So, but, uh, yeah. you know, they still got the Pulitzer Prize in the Peabody. Uh, no, they were finalists for the Pulitzer. They did win the oh, Peabody. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the guy who said that he was, you know, a Syrian executioner and blah, blah, blah. They're like, hey, we did our research on Facebook. The fans <laughs> did. Uh, this guy lives in Toronto. Can you guys go arrest him? And so they did. And they're like, oh, you know what? It turns out he's never been to Syria. He's never done anything like this. So we're going to arrest him on, uh, you know, basically lying about a terrorist plot and shit like that. So he, the Canadians at least stepped up and said, you, sir, are under arrest. Well, you know, on one hand, this is, you know, sad and kind of funny and everything. But on the other hand, we know podcasting has made it now that podcasting has its own Milli Vanilli. 
I know, I know. One of the guys is your friend. Still, it happened. That's true. It did. Sorry, Fab. Feedback loop. Over at Patreon. Woohoo! Look at all these new Patreon subscribers. Thank Brian. you. That's so nice. Yes, we've got Tim IT, TL, Matthias, John Gilbert, Nathan, and Steven. Saving had- us from going down for uh in our in our monthly patronage. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. guys. You leapt in. Yeah, yeah. It's been going it's been kind of like uh yeah, not the hockey stick up, as they well, say. Well, <laughs> look, you, you, get, you get 600 bucks to last you nine months. I understand not being able to support your friendly local podcast. Indeed, indeed. And we got some messages over on Patreon. Roz writes in, happy holidays to everyone. I found this somehow, and I thought someone should get it for Jason. Watch the video, too. And this is over on Amazon. Poop like a champion, registered trademark, high-fiber cereal, low-carb, keto-friendly, clean-label, gluten-free cereal, 0% gluten, 9G net carbs, 16G fiber per bowl, no wheat, clean-label product, now non-GMO. And it's if a, you think the video is good, read the comments. It's an empty box that you just eat. There's no cereal in it. And, and, and for the record, Dave is the one that had the colonoscopy and went all poop on everybody. I just he, – he, we'll get it for him too. Okay. And Bill writes in, hey, for next week's shout out, could you give me a shout out with my Discord name? More cowbell. If Jason is feeling it, do a bad Christopher Walken impression with my name. I think that qualified. That was horrible. That that was horrible because I forgot about the Christopher Walken thing. And I don't do a Christopher Walken. So thank thank you for continuing the podcast. You guys really do put a lot of work into it. And I want you all to know I appreciate your efforts. And I hope you guys have a happy holidays and stay safe. I'll work on it for the future. More cowbell. All right. And Steve also wrote in, okay, this is Steve Fuckett here. I didn't realize that comments were compulsory and I was using Patreon for the first time. This whole leaving a message social interaction thing took it one step too far. Figured the money would be good enough. Anyway, first, I suppose a complaint is in order. It was John Leca, E apostrophe, not John Lee Carr. Still a great author, well, it's, it's John Le Carre. I, it's, yeah. it's, I believe it's Le Carre. Uh, and- I just kind of went French. Yeah, yeah. Jean yeah. Le Carre. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I uh, know that. Yes. One Go side ahead. note, I was about to say that The Day of the Jackal was my favorite book of his, except that Frederick Forsyth wrote it. The reason Don't. this was in my mind was this story, and he links to a story over in The Guardian. Uh, the UK police were using the same technique that the book used to get false identities to go undercover. Finally. Love the show. I'm British, but live in Idaho, in case you wondered about the spelling. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because as of last night, I had to endure the yearly viewing of Love Actually that my wife oh, likes to always do. I'm and so I'm sorry. reminded, <laughs> I, it's, it's actually not, look, there's boobs and Kira Knightley yeah, is I, smoking hot in that. But um, with no boobs. <laughs> well, that's kind of in my wheelhouse. Anyways, I'm reminded that Colin <laughs> decides to go to America to get laid and goes to Milwaukee of all places. What is with you British people going to shitty places? <laughs> Milwaukee is a great town. Come on, don't shit on Milwaukee. Milwaukee. They've got a safe house there. (laughs) Good stuff. Uh, I've only seen that movie. Uh, Well, here's the thing. I've seen that movie once, but I've seen it a hundred times in pieces because my family would always watch it around the holidays. So I've never seen it in order. I've always seen pieces of it, but I put it all back together. I actually have a way for you to enjoy watching the movie, Jason. I I can't believe we're going off on a love actually tangent, but here we are. It's 2020. Uh, There is a way for you to enjoy just sitting and watching the movie because there is an epic. Well, that helps, (laughs) but there is an epic takedown that was written of love actually a couple years back. I think it was on Jezebel or one of those sites where it deconstructs the movie piece by piece and shows you how awful 
awful every single character and every single love story is how they how fucked up and crazy and just truly horrid every love story is and it actually makes the movie better if you've read it okay well yeah throw that in the notes if you can find it i'll check it out all right we'll do and over at PayPal, we've got Joseph, Eric, Chris, John, Andrew, Michelle, Tom, John, Stavros, Joseph, Mark, Jeffrey, and Murray. And, of course, two, Martin. Two Martin trades. Went oh, since the last jackpot. Right. Way to close out the year, Martin. Hey, and to go back to the Discord thing, if you want to see how Martin makes the magic, come to our Discord channel. We actually gave him his own... His own <laughs> he channel. He has his own channel where he yes. puts up his stock trades and we know if we're going to get a donation or not. Yes, it's fascinating. I don't understand a fucking thing that's going on there because he's got graphs and charts and they say words that I don't understand, which makes me understand why my family always looked at me like I was a space alien when I was describing technology because that's how I feel when I look at his, his stock stuff. But yeah, if you want to find out how Martin makes the sausage, come over to our Discord channel. Yep, and uh, over on Twitter, J4CKL3, which is, I guess, Jackal. It's Jackal. Yes. Who, who Jackal. sends us about, I, I'd say, roughly 50 tweets a day. Yep. Uh, but we appreciate it. If Here's one of them. If you want to laugh at the end of 2020, Happy Time Murders is on Netflix. The movie is immensely funny. I've never watched that. Happy Time Murders. I, it's familiar. I can't remember if I've seen that or not. Yeah. Hmm. I'll have to add it to the queue. Add it to the queue so you don't have to. John says, pour another one out for those loose, loose trade war victims. And this is Gizmodo Australia, drone giant DJI added to the U.S. blacklist. Yes, I know. I saw that. I immediately went to the DJI store on my phone and got, <laughs> got the I forget what I bought. I, I bought something from them because I'm like, I need to get this now because I, I have to have my DJI fix. <laughs> yeah, it's just like everybody who is about to go into lockdown, going out and having orgies naked before the <laughs> before the switch goes. Yep. You had to go out there and get your drone before they get banned. Oh, I already got the drone. No, uh, here, I'm, I'm going to pull it up here because I have my my account, my orders. Let's look at my orders and we'll see what I got. Uh, I got the DJI Pocket 2 Creator Combo because if there are going to be orgies, I will be able to fill them, film them. <laughs> so, fill them? <laughs> fill wow. them. Well, well fill and you, film. <laughs> Look at you, big balls. Yeah, All right, boy. so uh, JC <laughs> and JC forwarded us a link uh, or a, a tweet. Uh, you cannot ring my doorbell because somebody changed it into a British hotel booking website. Hashtag Internet of Shit. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so somebody used like an Android uh, tablet for the for the doorbell, and uh, yeah, somebody hacked it. Good times. Nice, nice. <laughs> Over at GOG.show, Barry wrote us a novel, but I want to read this because it's very important. I'm reacting to some comments the two of you made regarding the sleazy lawyer and the ADA-related lawsuits in show 488. First off, I agree with you that suing a mom-and-pop company based on a screen scrape is reprehensible. It's true that if you are using a template from someone like Squarespace or Wix, you have no control over how your website is built. Companies that provide these website authoring tools should be called to task. Here, here. Agreed yes. completely. While I disagree with the way the Domino's suit came about, I don't think a company like Domino's should just get a pass. A company website is really a public facility, just as an office building would be. I disagree on that that note. Uh, many buildings wouldn't be built if they weren't made wheelchair accessible, for example. Domino's has the resources to make a website accessible to everyone and should do so. As a totally blind person, I can appreciate what the ADA has brought about for people with disabilities all over the world. 
Today, with modern screen reading software, I have decent access to the web, and I can access a whole range of devices from computers to tablets to smartphones efficiently. As a software developer, I can use many of the tools both of you would use. My fear is that the ADA will be watered down or even eliminated because of people like our sleazy lawyer friend. Also here, here. It isn't particularly hard to make a website accessible for all. One of the best articles I've seen in a while on web accessibility was written by a blind developer at Mozilla, who's probably been fired since then, because that's what Mozilla does. Although it was written in 2015, it still holds up well today. And he has a link to that in the show notes. Um, my problem, and I think Brian's problem with the Domino's kerfuffle, with going after Domino's, is the entire point of the Domino's website is to place an order. And they provide alternate access to place an order, which they did long before the web existed, which is called a telephone number. That's yeah, why I had to take numbers to Domino's. Yeah, exactly. As long as there's inability somehow to be able to take care of it, I, I, I don't think the lawsuits have merits. Should these companies do that of their own free will? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. If you're a billion-dollar company, company and you haven't done it, you're, you're a jerk, uh, get your pizza from Pizza Hut. Yeah. It, but th I mean, it's just, it, it's annoying that yes, there were, that's the one that they went after. There are so many other places that they could have gone after with this lawsuit, but it was just, it was just one guy. It wasn't like, you know, this well thought out thing, Yep. you know, but the, this whole predatory lawsuit against, you know, going after the people who have websites on these services, I think that, you know, well, if I had a Go service- after the service. Well, that's the thing. There's going to be a class action. If, if all these people keep getting sued because the builders won't fix their website to make them ADA compliant, that's a class action lawsuit that can go against the service in a heartbeat, you yep. know, if that's Agreed. what's happening. But then we also need to find somebody to go break the kneecaps of these fucking lawyers who are doing it. Yep. Otherwise, it just ends up being lawsuits all the way down. And lawyers um, all get paid. Yep. And nobody else does. Mike writes in, Merry Christmas, gents. Just wanted to say thank you for making 2020 a little less shitty. Jason, you gave us hope that even the most stubborn of us can change habits that <laughs> seem like they are going to overwhelm us on a daily basis. <laughs> By the way, I weighed in this morning. I'm under 215, which actually takes me out of the obese category and into just fat ass. Congratulations, <laughs> man. <laughs> yep. And Brian, you reminded us that life goes on and even massive events like a move between countries during a pandemic can happen with enough good determination and focus. And I would add liberal breaking of laws. Um, <laughs> well, you left that part out. You, you sure you want me to leave that in no, the show? No, I'm kidding. I, everything was done above the board here. That's just sure why it, it took so goddamn long. Um, from the library, yes, Ready Player Two wasn't great, but what it did was take me back to reading Ready Player One. And as you've said, what the original did was take us back to incredible memories from our younger days. Ready Player Two, at least during the second third of the book, did that as well. And anything that can take me somewhere happier in 2020 is okay with me. Uh, my argument there would be just go back and reread Ready Player <laughs> yeah, One. And forget Ready Player Two ever existed. <laughs> Which is, you know, what I do with all the shitty Dune novels that are being written by Frank Herbert's son these days. I just go back and reread Dune. Or um, Ender's Game. Or Ender's Game, yes. Just finished Attack Service, and yes, while the beginning is all Neil Stevenson, look how smart I am-esque. It settles down into a nice sequel to LB and HL not too far in. Thanks for getting me into Dr. O stuff. Happy New Year. All the best. LB would be Little Brother, HL is Homeland. See, I've um, never read any of them. 
Uh, Little Brother was fantastic. Homeland, I did not care for. And Attack Surface, I could not get past the first part because it is all Neil Stevenson-y, look how smart I am shit. And it's just, <laughs> I could not fin- I could not get through it gotcha. at all. And Ken sends this in, a song that sums up 2020 perfectly. And it's, It is uh, very funny. And uh, yes. be warned if you're planning on launching this uh, around anybody from work, it is very not safe for work. But it is funny as shit. <laughs> it's really funny. It's from, yeah. what was it? Flo and Joan. Yep. We've talked we've, yeah. talked, we've had them on the show or talked about them on the show before. Yeah, we have. And uh, Raf writes in, you might want to view the top comment and that user's bio. And this is from the whole Google is bad kerfuffle. I think something odd could be going on with multiple programs on Mac. In my case, it was a uh, virtual studio code after expunging global settings reinstalled didn't do anything. My Mac went back to working like new. And this is uh, somebody uh, basically saying, no, this, this is this whole Google Chrome kerfuffle is not a thing. There's no way it could be a thing. And he's quite a well-known debugger type guy. So, uh, but a bunch of the comments after that are debunking his debunking. So who the hell knows? Debunking all the way down. Here's what I can tell you. I uninstalled Chrome on three of my machines. All three of those machines are like new. The one yes. that I still have it on is dog shit slow. So there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Wolfgang, greetings from Austria. Regarding Christmas classics, there's a movie I can recommend. Would you like to take the name, Brian? Das Ouija Lied, Silent Night, der Film, the Fishes in Trailer. We have the YouTube link. Um, das Ouija Lied basically translates to the eternal song. I, I don't know what I watched in the trailer, but it does make me curious to see the full spectacle. It made about as much sense as Tenet. <laughs> That's about what I got out of it. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Vincent writes in, hey, Grumps, less than two weeks to Christmas. Well, at this point, less than four days. Uh, I wish you a happy one and look forward to many more podcasts and rants in 2021 from you. I'm trying to convince my wife to leave this awful company since there have been no pay raises this year and they treat her and all workers like shit anyways. Yes, even the contractors. Oops, I said it out loud. Ex nay on the uahe hey. (laughs) Oh God! Yes. Has anybody gotten a pay raise this year? Come on, uh, it's, it's not so. the year to bitch about, pitch about that. <laughs> hey man, be happy if you got paid. Oh yeah, no, you know who got paid more? Oh wait, billionaires! All the CEOs. Yes, <laughs> billionaires, oh, and, and the president illegally and uh, yeah, mm, good times. Uh, so he sends a link from the BBC. Huawei Weiger surveillance fears lead PR exec to quit, and this is one of the European communication managers who has resigned from the firm over its concerns about the role of the surveillance of the Muslim Weigers. Um, and of course. Uh, Huawei basically then just said, ah, he wasn't anybody big in the company. And uh, then everybody else went, "Ah, he kind of (laughs) was. Kind of a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Barrett writes in, well, that became the expected shit show sooner than expected. Fake GOP leaders are selling CBD oil on Parler. I guess they're not doing the TikTok MLM banning over there. (laughs) I don't think, I think, I think Parler is uh, whatever you want to do. Yeah, it's a it's a shit show. And are we surprised? Grif- hey, grifters going to grift. Yep, they are. Yep. Yes, they are. <laughs> Patrick writes in, howdy, guys. I wanted to weigh in regarding the SolarWinds Orion hack in episode 488. I work for a company that uses their software, and in the industry, it's regarded as the best all-in-one network monitoring performance suites, or at least it used to be, it's right? <laughs> Unfortunately, due to the level of access the software needs in order to monitor all your assets, it makes it the perfect attack vector. P.S. Watch Ted Lasso based on your high recommendations. Loved it. Stay grumpy. Take it away, Jason. Deliveroo! One more for the end of the year. 
And Highlander writes in another tech company getting sued. This time, Microsoft gets it. No receipts required for some Canadians filing under Microsoft's class action lawsuit. So apparently, you can get a pretty nice chunk of change up to $250 without any receipts. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you bought uh, Office, Word, Excel, Work Suites, I don't even know what work suite is. Home Essentials. MS-DOS. MS-DOS. still buys MS-DOS? They should pay you to install MS-DOS. What the hell? (laughs) Yep. So, yeah, it's a class action lawsuit saying that Microsoft and Microsoft Canada were involved in a conspiracy to legally increase prices for certain Microsoft products and anti-competitive behavior. Well, there you have it. So, also known as business as usual. Business as usual. (laughs) Woo-hoo. Yep. Uh, Neil writes in, saw this over at Medium, and thought you guys might be fascinated by this. Did you know masks only work if they cover your nose, too? Shocking. <laughs> Haven't done that one in a while. Yeah, hey, man, we're getting, we're getting all the best hits in here at the end of the year. <laughs> and this is a pretty funny article over on Medium. Study confirms nose holes connect to lungs. Key takeaways. All three face holes suck air to your lungs and poof air out to the atmosphere. <laughs> and uh, the joke goes on a little bit too long, but quite funny. That's all you need to know. Yes. And Lamine writes in, Hey, GOG, I found this on LinkedIn and thought I could strike your interest. Lyft has opened their first driver center in Los Angeles. GOG is my last bastion of hope during these fuck it times. Thank you for your diligent grumpiness. Why why the fuck is Lyft opening anything? Uh, Super spreaders. Who's taking Lyfts? Where are you going? The airport. Why are you going in somebody (laughs) else's car? To go see family. And friends in the mall. Come on, Brian. You 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 have no idea what it's like. You left. You have not Silly seen me. it firsthand. Silly me. <laughs> oh my god. Oh crap! We just got an email from Dave. Oh, is he not coming? Oh no, he's coming. But <laughs> oh, hang on. I gotta open this up. This Did is he... this is all out of order because you've already heard this by now. But we just got the photo right now. <laughs> Oh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. <laughs> it's oh. Merry Christmas to the grumpy old geeks. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. Come on. It's not loading. Damn you. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, we're not, no longer doing this in real time because you went so goddamn slow with your email. It's <laughs> must, not loading. must be that computer running Google Chrome. Okay. Oh, damn. All right. Moving oh, on. Oh, my to the- God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. we I think we've got our art. show art. <laughs> we got show art. <laughs> oh, God, All yes. right. You'll, you'll know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is what well, happens you, when we're we've temporarily now challenged. We've documented the moments where we actually first saw it. <laughs> we have been temporarily challenged. <laughs> Continue, Brian. <laughs> okay. And over at iTunes, we have a two-star rating from Stina Mosfina. Just Okay. It's an opinions podcast, so I try to keep that in mind, but more and more I find myself disagreeing with the host's opinions. As with most people these days, if you disagree, you're an idiot, because they are right and you are wrong. End of story. I appreciate their years (laughs) of experience in this industry, which has made them jaded and therefore completely qualified to host a podcast called Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm looking for something informative about tech with a little less grumpy, condescending ranting. Good luck, guys. All the best. And that seems like an appropriate <laughs> note to end 2020 on for the show. A two-star rating for being exactly what we say on the tin. There you and have. they even admit it, that we are doing exactly what yep. we say we do. <laughs> Sorry there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Thank you, 2020. Thank if you, you want 20. your question or comment read right on the show, fuck off. <laughs> 
Oh, just head over to show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a five star and snarky review because apparently what it says on the tin doesn't mean it anymore. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I bought the spam and it tasted of spam. Fuck spam. One star. Closing shout outs. I would like to thank... All of you who are still listening and not giving us two-star ratings for doing exactly <laughs> what you know we're going to do, and everybody on the Discord channel and the Clash Royale clan for sticking with us for another year, even though yes. it has been a shit show. Thank you. Have a happy holiday, a good new year, and we will see you on the other side where it will still be complete and utter shit, but at least with a slight sprinkling of hope on top. Is that what that smell is? Hope? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I think it was that brand cereal we all ate. <laughs> yeah. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. Your support keeps the show going, so if you want to see us stick around for another year, then go to GOG.show slash donate and pick the level of awesome that you are prepared to give. And remember, Patreon subscribers at any level get early access and ad-free shows. GOG.show slash shop is where the GOG swag is that we will be revving over the break, I promise. I swear to Jeebus. If you want to hang out with us from time to time, head over to the Discord channel at GOG.show slash Discord. Please tell any and all friends, enemies, and random people you meet on the street about the show. But if you meet them on the street, you should be back inside anyway. What Never the mind. Hell are you doing? <laughs> if you meet them on Tinder, oh wait, uh, you know, that means you're meeting up. Uh, okay, uh, if you meet them somewhere <laughs> that is safe, tell them about this show. Show notes for this episode, as well as all the links we just talked about, are at GOG.show/slash 489. Stay grumpy, stay alive, stay safe, and we'll see you next year. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.